Badgers and Cougars. That's all starting at noon on the Mike Keller Show. This is 9 to Noon with John Coon. You know, I hope they don't have to go to John Coon either, but I'd sure like to see what he's capable of doing. And big sexy Brian Butch. You want to give all the love to the quarterback. I thought you said you were a fullback. Tap the guys on the PellaWI.com talk and text line at 414-799-1973. Tweet at CoonJ30 and at Brian underscore Butch. 9 to Noon is brought to you by Palermo's. When you want pizza, you want Palermo's. Made right here in Wisconsin for over 55 years. Palermo's delicious brands of frozen pizza include Primo Finn, Palermo's Neighborhood Pizzeria, Connie's, Urban Pie, and Screamin' Sicilian. Palermo's, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. Welcome to 9 to Noon. She loves to shake her by the wide receiver, takes back to the middle, swings it right side, Jefferson, wide open, touchdown Minnesota, right side of the end zone, it appeared they beat Eric Stokes to the corner, big dog moves in motion to the right, here's the handoff, Dylan up the middle, fighting forward, driving to the goal line, and he is turned back and denied, making the handoff to Madison, Cousins back to throw, launches right side, wide open, Jefferson of the 20 to the 15 to the 10, eludes a defender, diving pylon, Touchdown. Takes the snap. Hands it off Dillon. Left side. Pile driving to the goal line. Touchdown. A.J. Dillon would not be denied. From the 18 of Minnesota. Fourth and one. Snap. Rodgers looking lost. Right side. Broke it up. Incomplete at the goal line. We had a lot of chances today. You know, I'm not taking anything away from their defense, but we hurt ourselves uh, many times, myself included. I had a lot of opportunities to score more than seven. Look, it's tough to win in this league, and definitely tough to win when you get in your own way. So I ask you, I ask you all out there, do you trust in 12? Do you trust in the two-time reigning MVP of the National Football League? Did the Packers truly have opportunities out there, or is that just is that just football talk? Post game uh, for a tough loss week one. Something the Packers uh, starting to become a trend now. Two years in a row, not putting out the best performance offensively, defensively in week one. This is two years in a row. If you really think about the Matt LaFleur era, and we can't really say anything about preseason because the Vikings didn't play anybody in the preseason either. But if you really look at the Matt LaFleur era, the Green Bay Packers in their four opening week games scored 10 points in Chicago in that 10 to 3 victory down there in what many people called the most boring kickoff game in NFL history they got the win though so we didn't care the next year was the covid year where they went to Minnesota and scored 41 points and absolutely blew out the Zimmer Vikings with no fans in the stands can't take it away they still did the work but then the last three years, three points, seven points, dismantling of uh, of the offense here in Green Bay. Both those years, by the way, or uh, both the previous two years, Aaron Rodgers came back and uh, and had pretty good seasons. So I don't know if we necessarily worry about Aaron Rodgers here. I trust what he says. I trust what he says that there's uh, a, a lot of mistakes that were made yesterday. A lot of it was self inflicted. 
I mean, specifically, we can we can we always say a game hinges on about four or five or six plays. And really, my my biggest take from yesterday was four or five or six plays for the Green Bay Packers gets them in the ball game potentially a win. Then conversely, there's probably three or four or five plays for the Minnesota Vikings. That Wake the other up. way, that thing would have been even bigger of a blowout. So it, it was just one of those games. It was just one of those games. But but yeah, I look at it and I think to myself simply, I think to myself simply this. The Green Bay Packers are an enormous work in progress at this point in time, especially on the offensive side. We can break down the game here as we move along the show, but my initial take on this is this offense is a work in progress. Yeah, we knew this. I wasn't worried last year after they lost the Saints. I'm certainly not going to be worried now. Uh, I didn't think they were going to win this game. And... I just think it was too much. Um, I thought you look at it, the defense didn't necessarily, necessarily know the tendencies of the Vikings offense. I think that showed up a little bit. I also think the Packers offense was going to be behind. Um, and they showed that. I think even if Christian Watson gets that touchdown, gets that play, does it change the trajectory of the game a little bit? It does. I don't. I still don't think they win. But I think it changes the tra- trajectory of the game. Yeah, but I, again, I think overall this team still has a lot of work to do on offense. They need to figure out who they are. They don't know who they are. You know, especially with Noel Lazard and Elton Jenkins and David Bottiari. Like both those, all three of those guys are gone. So I think when you look at it that way, yeah, the thing that I didn't understand though is it didn't seem like that first half there was a lot of energy. There's a lot of effort from the Packers. It just looked flat. It was really boring to watch, to be completely honest. Like, it was one of those that you look at and you say, hmm. Now, this isn't the first time that this has happened either with this Packers team and Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur has 14 losses. There's six of them where they haven't competed. I would throw yesterday in that for the most part, 23-7. Then you have the first Saints game, 38-3. Then you've got the Buccaneers game in 2020, 38-10. The four, uh, San Francisco game and the conference championship game, right? 37 to 20, 49ers and 19, 37 to 8, and then the Chargers 26 11. That, that to me is the surprising part. I thought it'd be more of a game. That's what I'm disappointed in. So what I, what I found interesting about what you just said is the Packers put one of these out a year. They put one of these out a year. Now you mentioned 2019, Matt LaFleur's first year as a head coach. They had three, two of which, or all three of which when they went to California. They struggled in California mm-hmm. that year. All three were out there in California. You eliminate that first year for Matt LaFleur. They have one of these a year. Last year, it was the first game of the season. This year, potentially first game of the season where they yeah, come out. Yeah, I think there'll be more. But... And they find themselves chasing their tails around. I don't think we're going to see another game like this this year Ooh. from the Green Bay Packers. I think this is the game. I think this is it. No, this was, one of those, this was one of those perfect storms where you find yourself chasing your tail. The Packers will lose more games this year. They're not going to go 16-0 and the rest of the season. We know this. And they'll have a couple tough games here. Hey, they got one coming up in two weeks. Heck, they got a, they got one next week against another divisional opponent in the Chicago Bears. Not worried about it. But in two weeks, they'll head down there to Tampa. They've had one of these a year. I think this is the one really ugly game for them. And uh, quite frankly, that, that loss yesterday was a perfect example of how the Packers and a football team can get caught chasing their tails early in a ball game and never quite get themselves back into the game. What did you think, Armin? Yeah, I tend to think that as well. I also think, you know, we talk about laying an egg or will they have a game like this. They're going to lose games and they're all going to look different. But, you know, I do think a lot of small plays not going their way 
started a snowball down the hill on the road in a very tough environment in a very fired up crowd and team and franchise who views this as their Super Bowl. And with players on the other side that do the same thing. Their crowd, their environment, we know it's loud there. It's always hard to win in Minnesota. Even the Packers' best teams have lost there. And they're putting everything into this game against the Packers. And they had a few plays early that went their way. A few big plays for their offense, but they're great. You know, they have a great player, Justin Jefferson, that made a couple big plays. Packers couldn't respond. In the end, it's still a two possession game. You know, if they can, if a couple things go their way, they're right in the game. Uh, you know, I expect it to be a so, battle. If the fourth and goal goes their way, if Christian Watson squeezes a little tighter, we're talking about something totally different. But when bad things go your way, the snowball starts rolling down the hill. That's just the way it goes. I didn't think it was totally a disaster. You got to remember, they're going to have guys coming back. It's going to now. How do you come back and respond to this? Is the biggest issue, in my opinion. If they come back, respond, play well. Now we're talking about a brand new start. Yeah, it's against the Bears. Uh, Good. My thing is, Chicken why soup. don't you guys think? I was surprised. Why don't you think there'll be another game like this? Because I definitely think there will be. Well, we're going to get into that as we move along the show. I, I, I'll explain to you my my thought process in this whole thing. I'll also tell you why I didn't think this year uh, was near as bad as last year's opening game loss. Wisco Willie says it along with you, Armin. Lack of execution is why we lost. If Watson catches the bomb and A.J. gets in on fourth down, it's a whole different ball game. Scott in the 9-2-0. Well, first, where was this new defense? Looks like a lot of the same. Thank you. Then no line to protect Rodgers, but overall it looked not ready to play. That being said, it's just one game. I'm not in panic mode yet. 414-799-1973 is the way to contribute to our show here 9 to noon. 414-799-1973 is the talk and text if you got a call, if you got a text, any way you want to get your take in for what was yesterday's uh, disaster, really, 23-7 to loss to the Minnesota Vikings. To me, the worst part of it, and I'm going to explain the defense and why the defense, to some people, looked terrible. And to me, it didn't look terrible. I promise you I'm going to watch this film, and I'm going to say a lot more good in this ball game than bad. Couple really bad breakdowns with Justin Jefferson, specifically in the first half. But we're going to get more into the weeds as we move along this show. The worst part for me, fellas, the worst part was Zadarius Smith getting to dance, getting to rub his belly, getting to eat his dog yep. food, getting to rant and rave and hype up their crowd and and act like he's going to rebuild that place now. He he said it last week. I felt like I rebuilt the culture in Green Bay, and then they just let me walk. And then he's up there in Minnesota acting like he's going to rebuild that culture. Had himself a nice day. Got to give him props for props are due. One thing I didn't like. Didn't come out for the captain's handshake before the coin toss and approach the Packers. He stayed five yards back and waited and just stood there. He wasn't going to shake anybody's hand before the game. That, to me, is Bush League. I was very disappointed in that. What? But you got to give props. The Vikings won it. We'll move along, Butchie. we got to take a quick break. Tell me what you think about that on the other side. Brian Butch will give his take on Zadarius Smith when we return. A lot more to unpack from Packers' week one loss in Minnesota. Not a new. Game. What did you think of the performance of the Packers' Zadarius I don't really have any comment on Zazarius. Like that? Yeah. That was Aaron Rodgers after the game. No comment about Zadarius. I had spoke to Aaron Rodgers before the game, asked him about Zadarius. He didn't want to say a whole lot. All he really said was, I hope we can shut him down tomorrow. 
That was specifically his comment before the game. They didn't get to shut him down. Zarius Smith with a nice pass rush on the young offensive lineman, Jake Hansen, able to get into Aaron Rodgers. Uh, on the inside with the sack, one of the things that kind of made me nervous going into that game, Mike Smith, Mike Pettin, additions to that Vikings defense, knowing exactly what Zedarius Smith had done well for the Packers when he was a Packer and trying to exploit the young offensive line that the Green Bay Packers had. Zedarius Smith had a, a pretty good day, I would say, for, for him. He, he had a sack. He had a really nice tackle uh, on A.J. Dillon at the goal line on fourth. At the goal line, yeah. In which he told, in which he came out of the huddle, and I was very surprised to see, and we're going to talk about this play more, but they came out of the huddle, they broke the huddle, there was a key, there was a read, there was something he saw. He said, it's A.J. Dillon. Guys, it's A.J. It's going to be the run right here. He pointed it to the defense. He crashed down from the weak side, no blocking there. It was a little bit of a, of a two-way read. Aaron Rodgers potentially could have pulled the ball and walked right into the end zone, but he didn't pull the Danny Etling. He handed it off to the big running back, hoping that he would be able to power in, but Zedarius Smith and that defense were there ready for it. This is my thing about Zedarius. This is why this is why I was disappointed. You can leave in any way that you want. If you're not happy with your contract, if you want to take things a certain way, if you're not happy about not being voted captain your last year, if you want to voice all of your opinions about leaving the Green Bay Packers the year before, all that is fine and dandy. But I found it sad. I found it disappointing that Zadarius Smith took it as far as to during the opening coin toss when the captains meet at the 50-yard line at midfield, he stopped and let the rest of his Vikings teammates go and handshake with the Green Bay Packers. And then it it wasn't until some of the Packers said, and I think it was Devondre Campbell was the first one, we're not doing this, we're coming to shake your hand, we're doing this the right way before he even addressed a single Green Bay Packer. That to me, I I just I, I thought it was sad. I thought it was Bush League, but that's the way he is now, and he is now a Minnesota Viking. He is now an arch rival, and he's going to be one of the biggest villains now since we, we've had I, Greg Jennings was seen that way. Brett Favre, in some people's eyes, was seen that way. Zadarius Smith, especially if he continues to make plays, will continue to be seen in the exact same light. I don't think this is a big deal. I don't. Like, there's two things that, that jump out of my mind here. That that thing, the the whole not shaking hands before, I, I mean, okay, before the game, I've never understood that in general. Like, it's before the game. If you, like, hey, I don't like you. You don't like me right now. After the game, okay, we can embrace. But the beforehand part, whatever. That doesn't, to, to me, that isn't a big deal. Um, I just you don't like this. handshakes before the game. You don't like. I don't need to. No, I, I did it when I played at Wisconsin, but I didn't need to do it. Like the only reason we came together is so that the officials could tell us their little spiel. We shook hands. We left. Right, like, Captain, I didn't need but to. You, you, you but never you, shook hands with the opening uh, before the opening tip with all the other competitors on the on the court. I think it was a mixture. It wasn't every. It was it, like with Michigan State, we didn't. No, I wow. didn't. Well, but, but I you, went. I tipped off. That was it. Wow. The captain's meeting you did with the with the. Uh, with the officials, right, Butch? We'll give a quick fist bump, okay. that's it. But point is, what if you yeah, went the there thing. and but then it refu- my, There's plenty of guys that walked away without doing it to me. Back. But were they intentionally, intentionally refusing to acknowledge you? That's the difference. It you clearly- see nothing wrong. You see nothing wrong with the initial captain's handshake. By the way, I've done hundreds got- of them. I've done hundreds of them. Yeah. I've never had one person, never one time in my life have I ever gone to midfield and seen so. I'm talking about the Bears, the best Bears. Yeah. Erlacher. Briggs, 
All of the best Olin, bears. Olin. I'm talking. I'm talking about Vikings. The best Vikings. EJ, the nastiest. Yeah. Me and Jared Allen. None of them. None of them have ever yeah, done. This. I, I don't, I'm I talking this... about Seattle Seahawks in the Legion of Boom. Yeah. Who talked as much, if not more, trash talk than anybody else. I'm talking the 49ers with Bowman and Willis. Nobody. I never saw one person ever do this. Ever. I think you guys are reading way more into it personally. That's just me. But, like, you guys, again, like what Darius Smith did for this Packers team and culture-wise, he changed it. He did. Like, embrace that. Be respectful of that. I mean, I remember there was a game in San Francisco. He gets a sack. He lifts his shirt up uh, in memory of, I think it was the equipment guy, right? Like, I mean, what the Packers um, – or the equipment person, and I forgot his name, but his mom, I think, had cancer. He had his shirt, right? Like, you talk about building a culture? That's a big deal. Like, I, I respected what Zadarius Smith did for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not mad at him. They didn't want him back. Money-wise, it was never going to work out. He hurt his back. Did he probably handle that the right way? Probably not. Did the Packers handle it all the right way? I don't know. The teammate didn't vote him a captain. Guess what? J.L. Alexander wasn't voted captain either. He said the same thing this year, Friday, that Darius Smith said last year. The no, same no, no, thing. No. He didn't say the same thing. He didn't say the same thing. Cool. He said he, he said he was disappointed being he was disappointed. He Jair Alexander said he was disappointed not being voted a captain. He said he's got to go out there and he's got to play more now. And he acknowledged the fact that he didn't play as much last year. He wasn't there as much last year because of his injury as to possibly being a reason as to why. He didn't buy a captain's chain. He didn't a buy the chain. chain. I agree with that. He didn't but put it's it the on same Twitter. Concept, he didn't John. put it on social media. John, it's he the same concept. He, he, didn't, he didn't scream from the skies. It's not the same concept. John, we're going to agree it's to different. disagree on that one because it's the to me it's the exact same thing. You're, you're, you're pouting about it a little bit. You're upset about it. Like, he now, did, but, but because the Darius Smith isn't here anymore, that's why everyone wants to make go about it. And he's not here anymore. Did he play well? Yes. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Those sorts of things? Yes. But everybody, and all these Packer fans, you're all in your feelings too much. It's week one. Like, that's the other thing. Now you're, you're upset that Zadarius Smith is making plays. Get off your feelings. This Packers team in week one is not going to be the same Packers team in week 12. I'm sorry, but it's trending this way. It's not as bad as the NBA, but you don't need to watch week one with the passion and desire that you have to week, walk, or watch week 12 with because week 12 is the team that you're going to need to know about. Week one, this team is going to be nothing like it. Week one, you could have been having cocktails and you're seeing a different, like, well, I don't know what you take away from week one. Everybody knows that, but you. Everybody understands that, but you. No, but the they do not. The All you NFL, have to do is listen reason. to Packers OT. Yeah, that's out. why. That's <laughs> why listen. the NFL's king, Butchie. That's why the NFL's king because people. Everybody wait doesn't know for, that, John. People wait for 250 days from the Super Bowl to get to where we were just yesterday to watch your team, and you only get you're only guaranteed 17 opportunities to get that. 17 of these a year. That's why. But that's I'm not why. Lose sleep that's over. why. Well, that's why that a play? lot of fans do, Butchie. That's, that's why, why I don't why understand. But they guess because they care. Because be we rational, care. then. You can lose sleep in week twelve when that's the team that you have. Be rational, then. Week one, you knew you were going to lose. I'm sorry, I said it numerous times. I thought it was going to be a closer game, but I thought they were going to lose. Did not think they they were going to win this game at all. Didn't it wasn't anywhere on my radar that they were going to win this game. 
Well, it was on my radar that they were going to win the game. That's why I'm slightly disappointed. But I acknowledge the way that they lost. I acknowledge the way that they started chasing their tails early in the ball game. The way that they uh, abandoned the run game. The way that uh, that defense, I can be on board. The way that the defense had a two way go with the Minnesota Vikings in their offense. It gets very difficult when you start sliding down that slope, and it takes a while until that the the two scales get evened out. And what it was with the Green Bay Packers yesterday was after that opening drive. And by the way, and by the way, it, 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 I want to answer this. Um, the, with everything the way that it started yesterday in the game, the Green Bay Packers did not play on an even scale with the Vikings after the first two drives of the game, after the Vikings' first drive and after the Packers' first drive. It was downhill sledding from there for the Minnesota Vikings, and it was an uphill climb for the Green Bay Packers, and they never quite got back to an even playing field in that ballgame. There's reasons why that happened. There are reasons why that happened. But with the Green Bay Packers only down 10 nothing with about three minutes left in the first half, I thought the Packers weathered a storm to that point in time. It wasn't until that big catch by Justin Jefferson, the last one where he shook Adrian Amos and yeah. ran into the end zone, that I thought this thing has completely gotten out of hand now. It's going to be a very, very tough climb for the Green Bay Packers. We're going to take a quick break because we're going to come back. A lot of times on people a lot of time on Mondays after games, people have overreaction Monday, things that uh things that you know, you should say, or whether it's true, whether it's not, you try and uh, predict the uh, legitimacy of a take. Well, we're going to spin that a little bit. We're going to play hot take, cold take when we come back. A take that uh, we think is true, that people aren't going to believe, and a take that we think is absolutely false, that is a common take today on what many call overreaction Monday. We'll do that, get a little bit more into the game, and just say exactly why the Packers did on defense what they did because that seems to be the biggest eye-opener from yesterday's loss 414-799-1973 what's your hot take what's your cold take we'll do that when we return hour number two and nine one name is synonymous with fantastic frozen pizza that's palermo's made right here in wisconsin for almost 60 years from their new and improved flavors rising crust pizzas to their guilt-free primo thin pies Palermo's has a delicious slice for every appetite. Find them in your grocery frozen food aisle. Pop- 97.3 The Game and iHeartRadio Station. This is 9 to Noon with John Coon. You know, I hope they don't have to go to John Coon either, but I'd sure like to see what he's capable of doing. And big sexy Brian Butch. You want to give all the love to the quarterback. I thought you said you were a fullback. Tap the guys on the PellaWI.com talk and text line at 414-799-1973. Tweet at CoonJ30 and at Brian underscore Butch. 9 to Noon is brought to you by Palermo's. When you want pizza, you want Palermo's. Made right here in Wisconsin for over 55 years. Palermo's delicious brands of frozen pizza include Primo Finn, Palermo's Neighborhood Pizzeria, Connie's, Urban Pie, and Screamin' Sicilian. Palermo's, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. Welcome to 9 to Noon. She likes to shake her Welcome back to 9 Noon, hour number two here as we try and digest the 23-7 loss that was yesterday for the Green Bay Packers in Minnesota at the bank. Oh, I'm starting to dislike that stadium almost as much as Metrodome. Actually, I enjoyed playing at the Metrodome. 
That place was pretty, that, that place was rocking. It was a neat energy. It was a dump, and you couldn't make out a sound in that whole place because it was just muffled noise everywhere. But I actually enjoyed that energy. This place, ugh, so many gimmicks. Man, silly horn, fake snow. I saw the fake, what was the fake dome. snow about? Yeah, they do that. They do that. So you lame. Know, the, the horn, though. The horn is just, ugh. It's just bad. And then the fireworks when they scored touchdowns inside. Yeah, I just, I didn't like it. You know, the best thing that came out of yesterday, honestly, best thing that came out of yesterday is Aaron Rodgers got to walk away from that football game. Because I'll tell you, he was he took some shots. He was taking some big old hits in that ball game. And it, it got a little bit concerning. At one point in time, our entire sideline started running towards the field because we thought on that play where Aaron Rodgers fumbled, yeah. that he may have, in fact, lost consciousness. It, it looked bad. It was a bad, bad look. In fact, he didn't lose consciousness. That was the play that uh, the Runyon, that John right? Runyon got the yeah. concussion on. So that's the uh, that's 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 bad. And we did have some injuries. John Runyon with the concussion, Chris Barnes with the ankle. Which anytime you put an air cast on immediately right. on a body part, not good. That's bad. Now the evaluation for Keyshawn Nixon and Quay Walker was extensive on the sideline, checking their shoulders out. I don't anticipate that being long term. That's just me and my doctor, you know, coon mentality here of seeing a lot of injuries. Uh, the doctor's I said, in. Uh, uh, yeah, this is this is not. I'm not, you know, Doctor Chow Chow. I'm not going to give a full diagnosis here, but I'm going to say Chris Barnes bad. John Runyon might miss next week, and maybe, maybe, and then uh, Quay Walker and Keyshawn Nixon. Got a got a boo boo on her shoulder that hurt quite a bit, and you know the Packers decided not to throw them in at the end of that game, with it uh, being a little bit out of uh, reach at that point in time. We got some callers here, early hour number two. Let's go ahead and get them in, Armin. Let's start with Tom. Where's Tom from? Tom's from Germantown, and he's actually talking about what we just mentioned. He's concerned about the protection. Okay, Tom, right, Tom? from Germantown, you're on nine and noon. How you doing, my friend? I am doing well, John. Uh, good morning, boys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was called in about the same thing. My, I worried about the protection. Uh, that was one of my concerns going in this year. Uh, Rogers getting up there in age, you know, and he got popped pretty hard. He, if he doesn't get better protection and again, bacteria, it's almost two years now and three surgeries. I, I'm hoping he can come back. You know, we love him, but at the same time, when do you, when do you walk away from him? I don't know. And just real quick about Zedarius. I loved him when he was playing for us. It was like one year, right? And then he took a year off, and the all being butthurt about not being captain and all that stuff. I don't know. Keep him for the play, but get rid of him for the, the childish crap. Anyway, love you guys. All right, Tom, thanks I for the call. It. A couple things. Yeah, Zadarius Smith, two good seasons as a Green Bay Packer captain. One uh, really bad season as not being voted captain, not restructuring his contract in a team favorable way, getting the back surgery late into uh, actually into the start of the regular season. But to get back to your point, um, you don't cut bait with David Bakhtiari until you have a better alternative. I mean, that's, that's just all it comes down to. And right now they don't. You're right not going to. Yeah. I thought Yash Nyman. I thought Yash Nyman played well yesterday. I really did. And the favorable thing about that is, you know, if you can get one back, David Bakhtiari or Elton Jenkins, maybe Yash can go to right tackle. You can put Sean uh, uh, Royce Newman in at right guard, and uh, or maybe this next game, uh, you know, if 
if John Run you can't play, you slide Royce Newman over to the other guard. The depth right now at the line position is the biggest, scariest issue with the Green Bay Packers because they played last game with linemen three through seven and then had to insert lineman number eight. You don't want to get much lower than that, fellas. Tom Brady's experiencing that down in Tampa. It was just lucky for him they were playing the Cowboys last night and they could still get a victory. They're dealing with some injuries down there as well. If David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins come back this week, like I suspect, like I suspect they will, that offensive line will have an incredible uptick. It'll look much, much better, and the Green Bay Packers will will be able to start getting something rolling. Who's our next caller, Armin? Elsie, where's Elsie from? Menominee Falls. Elsie in Menominee, you're on 9 to noon. How you doing, my friend? Hey, good morning, boys. Thank you for keeping me company while I sit in my basement making sure my sump pump doesn't die on me but amen um, to good that. luck good luck with that it was a bad last yeah. night yeah oh it's ridiculous it i mean it's 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 insane but on the topic that we want to talk about and this is for you john because i'm a loyal 97.3 listener i had you on during the game um and you mentioned that smith called to play the first i think it was the first foreign one called to play and knew what was happening and of course it got stuck you were close enough apparently to hear him say that did anybody from the Packers have a chance to hear that and and relay that information so that they could change the play? Okay, so Elsie, just for some clarification, he didn't Jillian. hear he didn't hear the play. That is a play that the Packers regularly run. I don't love it. I don't love gun runs at the goal line. I want to see the quarterback under center. I want to see more tight ends. I want to see maybe a fullback, fullback. or a fullback type. I want to see big bodies. We in know there. you want to I want see, to see fullbacks. You, I want to see you puncture the defensive line to score a touchdown. With that said, the Packers came out. Zedarius obviously did his homework. He played against this Packer team for three years in practice. He knows nearly all their plays. When they broke the huddle and walked up to the line of scrimmage, by the, I'm assuming by the depth of A.J. Dillon and by the stance of Yash Nyman, the left tackle, those are all keys for a defensive end to be able to tell, is this run? Which way are they running? How are these things going to go? I believe he used his keys and his knowledge of playing the Packers before to call it out because I watched him call it out to the defense. He said, A.J. Dillon's running. He's running right here. This is how they're going about their business. With all that said, there was still an opportunity on that play for Aaron Rodgers to pull it. The fake, the, the, whole, the whole key of a read option is being able to hold that defensive end with the illusion that the quarterback's going to run it into the end zone. When Aaron Rodgers handed it off to A.J. Dillon, Zadarius Smith didn't even blink. He screamed yeah. down the line. That's why that play was successful okay. for the Minnesota Vikings okay. and not okay. successful. But you were close enough to hear that, correct? Yes, I saw it. I watched it. I mean, you couldn't hear anything in the building, but I was close okay. enough to see the, uh, the, the, the communication. Communication is visual and verbal. We say that in the National Football League all the time, yeah. and that communication was uh, communicated visually by Zedaria Smith to his teammates. So, Elsie, okay. thanks very, for the call. Very good. Thank you, John. Good luck to you guys. Take care. Appreciate you, Elsie. Up next, we got one more call. John, where's John from? On the east side here in Milwaukee. John, on the east side, you're on 9 noon. How you doing, my friend? Hey, good morning, guys. You know, I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm not going to freak out because obviously there's one game, you know, and there's 16 left. But just a couple of things that just kind of bug me with yesterday and and just kind of leading up to yesterday. I think number one, you know, it's it's really dangerous to just assume that because we recovered from a loss like we did, you know, like yesterday, because we recovered from it last year and. You know, when we got beat down, I think, the year before that we can do it again. You know, I think it's it's very, you know, just very dangerous, and it's a slippery slope just to think that, 
the same thing is going to happen just because other teams have gotten better and you never know what's going to happen with, you know, with our team, especially because we've got some young guys in some key spots. And I think number two, what really just kind of, you know, upset me yesterday was the fact that throughout training camp, and I think I've listened to you guys a couple times and some other stations that talk about, you know, the Packers offense is going to be a work in progress. You know, it's going to, there's going to be some growing pains along the way, some bumps in the road. My problem and what frustrates me is the fact that we're going to see these growing pains occur, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, during the regular season and in games that count, as opposed to seeing these, you know, seeing these growing pains occur during a preseason game. And, and I know that we can talk about, you know, preseason and who should have played and who shouldn't have played and whatever, but we all know how much of a perfectionist that Aaron Rodgers is. And, you know, going through these reps in practice is one thing. And even if they would have played in the preseason, they're going up against second and third team, you know, guys on other teams, at least it's live action and it's other guys and guys that are going over the middle or running their dig routes or whatever, they're getting hit after they catch the ball as opposed to doing it in practice and knowing that they're not going to get hit or, you know, there's kind of a safety blanket that's thrown over them. So it just, you know, it just kind of frustrates me that, you know, we are going to see these growing pains over the next couple of weeks, but it's going to happen against, you know, the Vikings and the Bears and the Bills and blah, blah, whatever. And who knows when we're going to get to that point where, you know, we're happy with it or Rogers is happy with it, where who knows how, you know, how much farther along we could be now, excuse me, if they would have played a couple of series, maybe a half or two in a couple of different playoff games. John, I appreciate the phone call. Then, And you made a lot of really good points there. It's very dangerous to look at one situation and say, ah, well, this situation will be the same. We lost last year. We're, we'll be fine this year. It's very dangerous to take that mindset that we're exactly in the same spot because we're not. I'm going to give you some reasons to believe here why we are in a good situation going forward here in a moment. Um, to, to your second notion about playing in the preseason, we're never going to see starters really play in the preseason. Now, Patrick Mahomes, I will say, played I was just, uh, uh, just going to say listen, that. Patrick Mahomes played in preseason. You look pretty good. You look pretty sharp. I was just going to say that. He went three for three in the preseason with three touchdown drives. Three drives and three touchdowns. He looked pretty good in the preseason. Patrick Mahomes got a little different situation going on down there in Kansas City right now and, and where they had to play and who they had to play and how they played that game than the Green Bay Packers. But he did play in the preseason. Vikings didn't play in the preseason, and they looked fine yesterday right. as well. It's one of those things I don't think, I don't think we're ever going to get that. This is the catch about the preseason. This is the catch. You didn't have David Bakhtiari or Elton Jenkins the entire preseason in practice with the starting offense. With the starting offense. Did they want to put them out there yesterday and go into that whole process? Well, they did that with wide receiver Christian Watson because Christian Watson didn't really play or practice in the preseason until the last week and a half. Anyways, yes, they are a work in progress. And with the young guys, it would have been nice to see them get some more work with Aaron Rodgers in the preseason. But I think the Packers have seen all the success they've had in the last three regular seasons, the downfalls in the postseason, and they want to use the first month of this regular season to try and ramp themselves up into a better position here midseason and into the playoffs this year. Will that happen? I don't know. We're going to have to watch that whole thing uh, and see how it plays out. Uh, I'm going to read a take here from the Talking Tech sign. Drew and Greenfield. Well, boys... Here's my first Monday of the season. Hot take. My boys stunk it up, and now our season is done with deck out six to eight weeks. 
I think it's a pretty good hot take. I think it's actually, you know, probably going to stick right there. Uh, cold take. Nobody's surprised Devontae Adams looked like Devontae and the Packers wide receivers are, well, a step behind uh, where my boys wide receiver core is to be just positive. Uh, yeah, that's a cold take as well. So let's get into our hot take, cold take, Butchie. Um, the, here's going to be my hot take looking at the game from yesterday, that 23-7 to loss for the Packers. This is my hot take. The Packers' defense is still a top-five defense. That's my hot take. Nobody's going to believe me. Everybody's going to laugh at me. Because I know you didn't want to take that bet either. I wanted it. I wanted you in on that bet. Nobody's, nobody's going to believe me. Nobody's going to believe me. But I still, I still think the Packers' defense is going to finish the season as a top-five defense in the National Football League. Now, why do I think of this? Why do I think that? Uh, for a couple reasons, right? I did see... It, 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 Matt LaFleur with the flat comment, sometimes you say things emotionally and one or two plays can lead you to say something that is not necessarily true of the entire game or the entire half. That first half, that Packers defense was flying around. That first half, that Packers defense was hitting people. They had a couple major meltdowns with Justin Jefferson with those deep balls in the second quarter, and those two plays were absolutely detrimental to the overall production for the Green Bay Packers defense, but I did see I did see speed and I did see physicality out of that defense more so than I've seen out of defenses of years past for the Green Bay Packers. I think they'll get the mental stuff fixed. Secondly, playing against the Kevin O'Connell offense, which is this is the new offense. These offenses now to scheme and to brainstorm. I mean, he's a part of that. You know, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, really Mike Shanahan, the godfather's whole little disciple of, of a tree here. They're part of that. And that's not that those Viking pieces were used in an entirely different offense before. So yesterday, most games you go into, you think you got 30% unscouted. Yesterday's game, for the most part, was entirely unscouted. Nobody knew what Kevin O'Connell was going to come up yes. with because even as the offensive coordinator in L.A., that's still Sean McVay's baby. Nobody knew. That was a surprise. That was not knowing what you were going to get, trying to learn and, and, and adjust on the fly. Second half, they held the Vikings to six points. I saw progress get made throughout the day, and I did see the speed and physicality. Quay Walker's going to be an absolute monster, by the way, because he didn't make a lot of splash plays in the preseason, but when he hits somebody, they go down. So I'm really happy with what I saw out of that first-round draft pick right there for the Packers defense, and I do. I think they're going to be a top-five defense. What's your hot take, Butchie? My hot take is this wide receiver group is better than what they played. Much better. And I think we're going to see more out of that. Now, I saw the comparisons to Devontae Adams during the game. That's what you're going to have to deal with. I get that. I understand all of that. Uh, when you look at it, again, I mean, there's numerous, numerous articles that are out there. They even talked about it on Sunday Night Football, this Packers team and the wide receivers that Aaron Rodgers threw to. And they, show, they showed all the targets and what was going on. I get all that. I get all that. No Alan Lazard. Chemistry was off. You can see the chemistry was off early on. Romeo Dobbs misses, you know, wrong route that he runs on that third down or whatever. Watson misses that long catch that could have been. So my high hat take is everybody wants to be down in this wide receiver group. I think this wide receiver group will be just fine. 
Uh, my mine guys is last night's was a mirage. It was in a way fool's goal for the Vikings. I thought they got very fortunate to win. A lot of things went their way, and they only won by two possessions. I think the Packers are pretty much on the cusp, but a lot of factors combined to make it a, a tough opening uh, day. Obviously, you had the fact that you're on the road in a hostile environment in a game that they are really jacked up for. I'm talking about the fans. I'm talking about the team. I'm talking about the organization for the Vikings, and a and a couple of plays that could have gone the Packers' way early that didn't change the entire course of the game, and they still only lost by two possessions. You have to look at that play to Christian Watson. That's not going to happen often. The Packers had them absolutely scouted and absolutely beat on that play if he squeezes. And a fourth and goal uh, at the one with A.J. Dillon, more often than not, is going to score it if you block better. A lot of things can happen differently. Even if you don't, it will score it. And then you're right in the game. I thought the Vikings... Had a couple big plays from their star wide receiver Jefferson, but he was also wide open, so it gave Kirk Cousins a chance to throw the ball. You know, not great, but still make the completion. Um, I don't I think things are as bad as they seem for the Packers. I really don't, and it's easy to think that after a game like that. It's just totally different than Week One last year, where they got it handed to them, dump trucked. They they got beaten, Butch, but it wasn't the same. Armin, that brings me to my cold take, and I'm glad that you say it. Uh, the cold take is this year's loss is worse than last year's. <laughs> That's not even close. Last year's That's not more, close. Last year's loss was far worse. Last year's loss was far more egregious than what we saw yesterday in Minnesota. Last year's loss, they had Devontae Adams. Last year's loss, they had Elton Jenkins. Last year's loss, they had to play a team mm. at a neutral site, which was more of a home game for the Green Bay Packers than an away game, and they still came out and got steamrolled, and got steamrolled to a worse tick than what they got steamrolled yesterday by Minnesota Vikings team that now has a new offensive coordinator, a bunch of things that are now on film. People are going to get to be able exactly. to adjust and see what they can do and where they're going to go there. Not having David Bakhtiari, not having Elton Jenkins, and not having Al Lazard hurt the Green Bay Packers a lot more than what we really thought that it was going to hurt. Look, look at the Bengals yesterday, guys. Look at the Bengals yesterday. The Bengals lost yesterday because they didn't have their long snapper. Because Clark Harris yeah. got hurt in the ball game, they lost the game yeah. to the Pittsburgh Steelers because they didn't have their long snapper. A long snapper plays about fifteen plays a game. If you add up the number of plays that Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari play, that's a hundred and forty plays. We didn't have important pieces for a hundred and forty plays, and Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are far more important than Clark Harris. Sometimes it's just who uh. you don't have playing in the game. I'm glad you mentioned the long snapper because my cold take is his special teams are fixed. I, I I think there's still issues there. I know a lot of people said that you know it looked better. There wasn't any obvious things that happened. There was a lot of kicks there that could have possibly been been blocked. Yeah, well, they, um, were, they, I, were, they were they were bringing <laughs> the heat on the Packers punter Pat O'Donnell. They cool. were bringing the heat on him, and they were getting close. But gee, that was not a good look. Coverage no. units, I would say, coverage units looked better. The first kickoff yes. looked better just yep. with the way they came down the field. Um, the one punt return that he had, Ford had him right dead in the rights but missed the tackle, let him slip away. I thought the coverage units looked better. The protection on the punt team not good. did not look good, Butchie. That is a scary sight to see. And that's my cold take because I don't think it's fixed. I don't think it's fixed, right? Like, even though there wasn't that big kind of, oh, my goodness, like they did this wrong, I still don't think it's fixed yet. And on top of it, you're going to get everyone's best shot knowing that it's a big weakness and you better do something with it. All right, guys, my cold take is anything to do with the body language police on Aaron Rodgers. I cannot (laughs) stand this. 
Uh, and we keep doing, we keep getting this every time you're seeing one second of film of Aaron. Yeah, he's going to look frustrated when they're not playing well. He's going to be upset if somebody misses a key and doesn't run the right route, and he's not going to be happy. Aaron Rodgers. Stop with this body Aaron, language, police. I'm, it's ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers yells at Christian Watson on third and one to get his head around faster, and people are dogging him for it. Tom Brady yells at a wide receiver, and it's like, look at him leading. Thank it's you. It's amazing. Thank you. Brian Dable went to the sideline after Daniel Jones threw an interception yesterday yeah. and reamed him out, said, son, throw the damn ball away. What are you doing? We're not ripping him. Why, why every time Aaron Rodgers does anything toward a teammate does he get crucified for it? And it's not that unusual, first of all, and it's based on one snippet of any video you get from the TV. Well, he's sitting by his coach, not by the receiver. You're supposed to sit by your position coach after the play and go over things. You're supposed to not be happy when you didn't have a drive goal. What do you, what do you expect him to do? This over-obsession with every... You know, physical mannerism he makes or any look or the way his body's shaped. Give me a break. It's just ridiculous, okay? It's just ridiculous, and it has no bearing on the success of the offense of the Green Bay Packers. That's my opinion on that. That's my cold take. Any modeling is please. Unnamed in the 4014 agrees with you, Armin. Yeah, I'm over the discuss, uh, discussing the looks by Rodgers on TV. They, they can't show something else. John in South Milwaukee says, hot take. Bakhtiari has played his last game in a Packers uniform. Wow. Cold take. Cat Packers will be bringing in wide receivers for tryouts. Yeah, I don't think they'll be bringing in wide receivers for tryouts either. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the wide receivers have to grow. They will grow. And the learning curve for these young guys is going to be steep. It's going to happen quickly. It's going to be this week. We're going to see a much better play out of the wide receivers. Hopefully we get Jenkins and Bakhtiari back. We're going to, I mean, this, this, this week's going to be a big week, especially with the depth now at the offensive line. They had lineman number eight in for them yesterday. Lineman number eight. And that's why you can't, like, when Zabe asked the temperature, my, it's a one. Like, this team in week one, we knew, was not going to be what it's going to be in week 12. So, overall, what's your feeling after Sunday's loss to the Vikings. Where will the Packers be in January? The 9 to noon poll is up. Will they be on a beach somewhere? Will they be losing in the playoffs? Will they be on track for a Super Bowl when January comes around? That's the poll. Follow us at 9 to number 2 noon. Hit us up on Twitter. And hit us up on the talk and text line, 414-799-1973. We're going to get into more reactions from the Nooners out there, from the listeners out there. And we're going to get into some of the reactions from Packer players and Packers players' families. Are we doing this now? Some of the things that were said during and after yesterday's loss. And the Badgers lost too. That one. It was a crummy weekend. Yikes. Yeah, you got the rain. There was one good thing. You got the Packers. There was one good thing. Albert Pujols is three home runs. No, 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 that wasn't good either. It, it just kept getting added on and on and on. The only positive is I got a new car from Middleton Ford, man. That's the hey, only thing. Hey, That was the only thing because I, literally I played in a golf morning Saturday. It rained. I see Albert Pujols cracking home runs. That sucked. Badgers, they sucked. Packers, they sucked. And it rained all weekend. I'm, I'm like my, and I forgot the caller. I'm here sitting to watch the sub pump, hoping the thing keeps working. We also got to check in on our long shot, hot shots, and our scores from last Friday. See exactly how wrong we were there. See how wrong the Nooners were. And you better, you better, you bet. We'll recap that. Hour number three, halfway through hour number two. Hedic Associates of Wisconsin. There is a difference.
Welcome back to 9 to Noon, live from the Iron Jock Studios, live here in Milwaukee and Iron Jock. The movement continues. Now through October 2nd, use promo code GAME20 to take 20% off your entire order when you buy $50 or more. The best performance gear on the planet. Get yours at ironjock.com. That's ironjoc.com today. Promo code GAME20 for 20% off every item through October the 2nd. Yeah, it is the Iron Jock Studios at the Megaplex in Milwaukee, but also heard all over the state of Wisconsin with our great affiliates and heard worldwide on the iHeart app. And we're joined now from across the border, Ricardo in Toronto. You're on 9 to Noon. Nice to hear from you, my friend. How y'all doing down there? Fantastic, Ricardo. How you doing? I'm chilling, living life. You know, Jays are in playoff race and, uh, and life is good. So I just got a call because, you know what? I, I can't live with what happened yesterday. That defense, what is that all about? What happened to this? pressure package what happened to this man up like joe barry man you're not you're not you're not a you're not the best man anymore man you're the groom you're supposed to be the lead the defense is supposed to be charging the team like the offense i can live with the offense going to the growing things we knew that was going to happen no one expected that like if jefferson's going to go off that's fine he's a great player but he's not he's not jerry right we can't let the guy run across that middle with no one with it like and and i don't know if anybody noticed it but that's been twice now where Jair's already been vocal this year. One about not being captain, I, I can live with that was his peers. But the fact that they asked him, and he's like, I wanted that matchup and they didn't give it to me. Like, you got a heavyweight fighter. It's time to use some of these players. If not, what's the point of paying for them? We could have gotten a, a quarterback in the fifth round to run 20 yards behind the player. What are we paying these people for? Use your best assets. Use your, use your D-line. Use these cornerbacks. Match them up one-on-one. Safety's in the back and let's go. Forget about this deep shell nonsense. Like, what are we doing here? It's not rocket science. Come on. Ricardo. Sorry, I have to get out of my system. Ricardo, no, please, please, Ricardo, do me a favor. Are, are, are you, you you said Blue Jays. Are, please tell me you're a Packers fan, right? Oh, since I was a child, my friend. Please call in again. Ricardo, do me a favor. Please call in again because I love that call. I love the passion, and I love the knowledge that you're bringing to it. Now. Let me throw a couple things out there for you. Yes, Jair he, Alexander. Yes, Jair Alexander. To Matt Schneidman and Rob Demosky post game on the coaches and not having him shadow Justin Jefferson. And this was Jair's comment all week. I was asking for that matchup, but it ain't about me. It's about the team. It's it ain't about me. If it was if, if it was my way, you know what I would be doing. He wanted to shadow him. Jair is an alpha of all alphas. He wants to cover. The best. He wants to be on the best. He wants to be matched up on the best. And we all would have liked to have seen a little Jair versus Jeff- Justin Jefferson one on one. I'm not. They're, they're, Ricardo, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that Joe Barry and Matt Lafleur. They're going to question whether they should have done that more. If they should, there was one time he deed him up straight down the sideline. You all watched it. We all watched it. They called him for a push off. They called Justin Jefferson for a push off. Jair won that battle one on one. They should have done it more. We will all acknowledge that, or we at least all believe that. Remember when I said Ricardo that when you start chasing your tails, things get difficult. What happens in the course of a ball game, and this is the natural flair of any ball game, when you get down the way that you do, the team you are playing now has a two-way go on offense, which means they set themselves up for favorable first downs to be able to run and pass, favorable second downs to be able to run and pass. They have a true 50-50 option to have success there. That keeps your defense on your toes. 
That keeps your defense very much on your toes. It's very difficult to play man and then set your defense for the run game. And there was a lot of times yesterday they came out in personnel groups and had our base defense out there and found a way to get mismatches against our defense. I will say this. I will, I will give a lot of credit to Kevin O'Connell, first-time game plan as a head coach in the National Football League, and he schemed up Joe Barry and his defense. He found a way to get Justin Jefferson not with Jair Alexander, not in Jair Alexander's zones. Yes, it's easy to say that Joe Barry could have matched him up in man and just had him chase him around the field, and they might do that game too. If there's no adjustments made game two, then we can come back and have the same exact reaction. But I, I, I'm with you. I would have liked to have seen more of Jair on Justin Jefferson, but it gets very difficult to call defense when you're down. It get, it, the Vikings defense... It was very easy yesterday for them to call a defense against the Packers' offense because they knew the Packers would need to start taking some shot at some chunk plays. Anything else you got I, for us there, Ricardo? The, the, last, the last thing I want is the, the bright spot for yesterday's game is Koi Walker is an eat-peaking missile. That kid is a stud. He hit people with authority, and we haven't had that since, I say, Atari Bigby or Desmond Bishop. Where he, he didn't just tackle people, he would lay them out. And then he busted up his shoulder, which is normal for a Packer player. But he is, God forbid, hopefully he does well, but he's going to be, he's thinking missile. Guys, great show. I will call again. You guys are awesome. Hey, go Brewers and go Badgers too, eh? Love for everybody. I hey, love it. There I you go, it. Ricardo. Awesome call. I love that. And yes, I agree with you. Clay Walker, and I said already, is an absolute heat-seeking missile. It's just a damn shame. And we hope we hope to see him next week. I, I think this kid's got some just toughness and grit in him. I think he was held out by the training staff and the coaches, which is going to become something eventually because if Quay Walker wants to play, he'll be out there. He's he impressive. There I mean, he hits ball. He sees ball, hits ball, ball goes down. That's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. All right, let's get another caller in. Stephen Grafton on a reaction Monday on 9 to noon. How you doing, Steve? Good, John. How you doing? Fantastic. What you got for us, my man? Well, John, I've I got a couple of observations. Uh, as you know, you were a Packer. You know that the Packers can run the same play with different formations. I was wondering, I understand Christian didn't play all, se- uh, all exhibition season. Why didn't they run a second play with a different formation but the same play to Watson? Maybe put Dobbs in the spot or put Aaron Jones in the spot and then go to him. I have a, a, a couple of observations I made since the last caller was great. I have another question for you also. Two, uh, Kansas City has that Tyreek Hill. Why don't we use Jones like a Tyreek Hill? Put him out in space. He'll last longer instead of having him run through all these linemen and get hit. And number three, the question from the last caller had, and your great observation, why didn't the Packers on defense bracket Jefferson? You could have bracketed him. You couldn't stop, you know, because he kept going across and you could not put Alexander on, but you could have bracketed him, put one in front, one in the back, and say, somebody else beat me, but you, Jefferson, are not going to beat me. I'm going to stop you. And uh, I want to hear your observations. All right, okay, let me start with your last one, the bracket. Yeah, the, the comment is always when you have a guy like Jair and you're going to play man defense. The Packers played a lot of shell yesterday. They played a lot of shell. They played a lot of zone because they wanted to be more stout in the run game. They, you know, the Vikings averaged 4.5, so I wouldn't say you won against the one run game, but you, you did all right. You, you didn't lose the game against the run game, but they played a lot of shell. They wanted to stop the run with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. They didn't completely stop it, but, but, but they contained it. 
because of that, you know, I, I imagine that the next time they play, they're going to mix in a little bit more man. So then your question is, do we put our great number one on Justin Jefferson and then figure out how to cover Thielen on the other side? Or do we bracket Justin Jefferson with two guys and then put uh, Jair on the other side to man up Adam Thielen? Those are all great questions. We'll see how they do it the next time in the next game when they play them later at Lambeau Field. But specifically as it pertained to yesterday, it's just it's one of those games that the Packers, the players didn't execute well. They didn't execute at a high enough clip. They had mental errors on defense. A couple big ones that cost them really, really big in that football game. And honestly, I think if you ask the coaches, coaches didn't coach well. They got caught with their you know chasing their tail, like I said, and it got them not really being able to uh, to, to to call the game the way that they anticipated. Being able to call that game, uh, Armor. What were his other two questions? His first question was, "Why not go uh, right back to the all go right back to the deep oh, shot?" They did. They, they did. did. They went back to it. But let me tell you, the Minnesota Vikings were ready for it when yeah, they went back yeah. to it. <laughs> you, Some, you, you burn pull, once, you're going to make sure you cover it's, it. It's like, like when you pull that coin from behind somebody's ear, and they're like, "Man, how'd you do that?" And now they're looking closer right. the next time. It's a lot harder to pull that coin out from behind their ear a second time. And they did. Christian Watson was running straight down the field one time where I thought Aaron Rodgers could have gotten it to him, just didn't have the time. But yeah. at that point in time, their defense was pinning their ears back. And that, again, comes with when you need to take shots, the defense can play downhill. It was one of those games that got away from them early, and they were never able to even out the scales. Whew. That was good. The scales here when, uh, when we come back because there was some other news and some other things being said on Twitter yesterday, this time not by a Packers player, but by one of their family members. Is this a is this a Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham family member situation? Is that what we're going to do right now? But it is a good question, so I'm going to read that for us when we come back. Stick around. Stressing off no lover in the past tense. You already had them. Work at 8 a.m. Finish round five. All down. You don't see them Four piece nugs, small drink and fries. U.S. price and participation may vary. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Hey, Jim. You know the old sugar daddy. They be tricking they tell them, girl. I said you can have whatever you like. I said you can have whatever you like. Unnamed in the 715. A, and I'm assuming this is addressed to me. A, the Vikings didn't fire Zimmer and hire Kevin O'Connell to be a run-first offense. Duh, duh, but l- look at what the Rams do. They run to set up play-action pass. And the Packers had to play the run. You're not listening to me. It's not like the Vikings were down by 17 points and we could just play for the pass. We had to play the run because we were down and they could... Possession, possessing the football and milking the clock and running the football are all fears in Joe Barry's mind yesterday as they're down 17 points, as they're down 10 points. He's got to try and find a way to, to, to shorten their drives and to get the ball back. And then B, with Clark, Reed, Quay, and Campbell being celebrated so much up the middle, why the heck would we be afraid to run man on the back end? Let those dogs eat. I do think the Green Bay Packers, especially defensively, will look at this tape and they're going to find more ways to try and run man on the back end. We did celebrate this secondary as being one of the best secondaries in the National Football League at the cornerback position, at the cornerback position. But let's not be let, let's let's not just throw caution to the wind here and say 
Justin Jefferson isn't a top five wide receiver in the National Football League. He did set an NFL record last year with the most receiving yards ever in his first two seasons. And He's it wasn't special. Close. He is it special. Wasn't even close. Yeah. All right. This guy is an absolute dog. Their coaching staff obviously has two brain cells to rub together to be able to figure out how to create for him. And he caught the Packers flat-footed yesterday. He took one on the chin. And he'll try and find ways to, to figure that out the next time. But I, I, I don't know if you go out there and you just run man defense if it's not called almost the exact same way. I'm, I, 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 you just this don't. is the thing. Like, Jair is great, that's all. But, like, for me, his comment Friday afternoon about the captain and this and that, like, Jefferson's really good. Like, you're going to get beat sometimes. And so, like, I understand all that stuff, but I, I just look at it as it's great. I, I, I like that we confidence. Were all, we were but... all disappointed to start that game, Butchie. I know I was when I saw Justin Jefferson start the first oh, yeah. eight plays of the game on the offense's right side of the ball. Yeah. And Jair start the first eight plays of the game on the left side yeah. of the Packers ball. Because what, what do we come here to see? We come to see the best play the best. And the Packers tried to have a game plan that they could win it as a team. The game plan didn't work. It didn't work, and they were able to create ways for Justin Jefferson. Now, the, the big thing in this whole, whole deal, Butchie, is they'll go back and they'll watch tape. And really good coaches are able to look at tape that doesn't work and say, we could have done things better to put our guys in position, in, in a better position, right, in, in a position to succeed. The interesting thing is, will the Packers look at this or will they look at the mental breakdowns that we heard Matt LaFleur said they had and say it's because of the mental breakdowns that it didn't work? There, there, there is a fine line when you're watching film players and coaches because sometimes the coaches will, will make it that it's on the player, it's not the scheme, but sometimes it is the scheme. And the best coaches are the ones that can look at the tape and evaluate, heck, th- this one, yeah, the player's messed up, but the scheme wasn't good enough for them. It, it, it put them in, in a disadvantage on this play. Maybe they thought the disadvantage would be trying to play man against Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson for the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe that's what they thought beforehand, and maybe they think now, hey, maybe we should have tried a little bit more man mixed in with that. I, I would love to see Jair chase Justin Jefferson around for a little while in game number two. And and, and teams do this as well. And when I you're playing you divisional would. opponents, yeah. when you're playing divisional opponents, you don't throw everything out there. and get, there's, there's always adjustments. When we used to play the Bears, they'd play an over-defense game one and an under-defense game two. Every time. Every time. They would completely change their front from both games. Every year, they would switch their front from one to another between the two games. The Packers, you know, they can do that as well. And it's just, you know, it's a shame that their their zone coverages, the shell that they tried to run yesterday, did not work for them. All right, we we talked about this a couple times. The other big question, and, and this one came on the offensive side. Wide receivers, they're young. That's a work in progress. The uh, The offensive line, they're young. Hopefully we get some guys back to help out because their depth is being challenged right now. But the one big question is why did Aaron Jones only carry the ball five times? And why was he only targeted five times in the past game? That's ten potential opportunities for Aaron Jones to touch the ball. And his brother Alvin was on Twitter last night, and he let the world know that they need to get the ball to Aaron Jones more. Give my boy the bleeping rock is exactly what Alvin Jones tweeted. Is that 
in Green Bay. We've seen this happen with other teams. Is that something we need to worry about in Green Bay, Butchie? I don't think you have to worry about because I don't think Aaron Jones is that way. Like it, it's different if it comes from different players that are selfish. Uh, but Matt Steinman had a great article in the Athletic about him and AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, how they both want to be in the Pro Bowl and how they want to do it together. And I, I don't see a selfish bone in Aaron Jones, so I'm not worried about a comment from a brother. Um, I just think overall, like, is it just more? Fake news out there? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. I do. Just because I think of what Aaron Jones is, right? Like, I just, his brother can be upset. I'm sure Aaron Jones might have texted and said, oh, I can't believe I only touched the ball 10 times. Like, but you do that after, you know, bad games. You do that at, when you're frustrated. You don't expect it to get out. Um, and I don't even know if that was Aaron Jones texting his brother, like, and his brother frustrated. Like, but I, I just don't think it's well, this Aaron came Jones during the game. I promise you, this came during the game. I promise Aaron Jones yeah. didn't text yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't look at the time stamp. Right. I know Aaron yeah. Jones. I know Aaron Jones very well. Like, we have nothing to it, worry about here. Exactly, we got nothing to worry about here. But we do have one thing to worry about here: touches. That's what I'm Give saying. Give us more touches. I agree with that. The I'd like Packers, to see it. The Packers average 6.2 yards a rush, and that's with counting one of Aaron Rodgers' sack as a minus one yard gained. I cool. mean, it, it, they averaged 6.2 yards, yards a, yard. a carry yesterday. The Vikings, 4.5. The Vikings ran the ball 28 times. The Packers, 18 times. The total number of plays was not that different in this ballgame. It goes back to my final point. When you are chasing your tail, when you are trying to even the scales, when you are climbing uphill versus playing downhill, this is the game can was and did get away from the Packers, their coaches, and their players at times in yesterday's game. But it was only ten nothing for some point, right? Like that's the point where you gotta give him the ball at that point. He was my he was my hot shot too. And I was disappointed in how much he touched the ball. There's no question well, about it. Well, AJ gonna, was getting carries. But by the way, really quick. We're going to ask AJ Dillon about okay. that tomorrow. We'll have him on the show at 10 o'clock for his weekly hit. We'll ask him about the running backs only touching the ball 15 times in the run game yesterday. Uh, it, it's definitely something to think about as we move forward here throughout the course of the season. Next week, I would anticipate probably 25, 30 runs for running backs combined for the Green Bay Packers against the Chicago Bears. We're coming up on hour number three, which means we got to go around the NFL. We got to recap. Uh, you better, you better, you bet. We need a caller for you better, you better, you bet. So let's just do it like this. Let's just go 30. That's the total points scored in yesterday's game. Caller number 30 right now, 414-799-1973 for a chance to eat at Carnivore with the guys. But you got to beat us first. WFM Milwaukee, 97.3 The Game. This is 9 to Noon with John Coon. You know, I hope they don't have to go to John Coon either, but I'd sure like to see what he's capable of doing. And Big Sexy, Brian Butch. You want to give all the love to the quarterback. I thought you said you were a fullback. Tap the guys on the PellaWI.com talk and text line at 414-799-1973. Tweet at CoonJ30 and at Brian underscore Butch.
9 to Noon is brought to you by Palermo's. When you want pizza, you want Palermo's. Made right here in Wisconsin for over 55 years. Palermo's delicious brands of frozen pizza include Primo Finn, Palermo's Neighborhood Pizzeria, Connie's, Urban Pie, and Screamin' Sicilian. Palermo's, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. Welcome to 9 to Noon. She likes to shake her Welcome back to 9 to Noon, hour number three here on a jam-packed Monday. Packer Reaction Monday here. As many of you around the state listen to us and, and the call of that 23-7 to 7 loss right here on the game. So we asked at the beginning of the show, after Sunday's loss to the Vikings, where will the Packers be in January or 9 to Noon poll? Follow us on Twitter at 9 to Number 2 Noon. On a beach somewhere? Losing in the playoffs? Or on track? For the Super Bowl, 580 votes already in the last two hours, and uh, 48%. The big winner here says losing in the playoffs. So they feel the Packers are going to bounce back, but they don't feel like this team is much different uh, than the teams in the, in the Matt Lafleur era. Lost early in the season, haven't looked good in a lot of game ones in the Matt Lafleur era, but they'll get it figured out and they'll get in the playoffs, and then you know only one team makes it through there. 40% though, 40%. However. Still think the Packers will be on track for the Super Bowl. Only 11% think after looking at yesterday's game, they are not going to make the playoffs and they'll, in fact, be on a beach somewhere. So, Yeah, and, and I love that, But and we're going to get into this. But here's the thing. As frustrated as you might be with the Packers, did you see the NFC? <laughs> did you see them? Like, the NFC is horrible. See, did you see everybody around the National Football yeah. League? There was a lot to see yesterday. The Saints with their ridiculous comeback against the Falcons and the fact that they were down as big as they were. I told you, those games between those two teams are always a spectacle. They're always wild. The Bears, I told you about the Bears, Butchie. I told you about the Bears. They were going to keep it a low-scoring affair. If that thing turns into a run fest, watch for them late in that ballgame. If, if that weather wasn't that bad, they wouldn't have had a chance. Let's just keep it's it real. Hey, hey, yes, I know, the, but you, when weather, you said that, you didn't know the weather was going to be like that. Weather's the great equalizer. That's oh. all right, but they won by 19. Maybe they win by one if it's a sunny day down there playing on Bermuda grass. By the way, did you guys that's they put horrible. Bermuda grass in? Bermuda. That, stuff, that stuff's going to be dead, yes. dead in mid-October. Dead. Who, who are the horticulturalists in the Chicago Parks Department that putting Bermuda grass down? They need Kentucky bluegrass. I'm sorry. Am I wrong? <laughs> they need something that's going to grow in the 40s. <laughs> they don't need something that's going to grow at 80 degrees. Maybe they're, maybe they're saying, hey, listen, we're not going to have this team much longer. We're going to switch this field up so people don't say it's such a dump here. We're going to bring in Bermuda grass for the first time month of the season, Good. then we'll switch it out and do... Uh, we'll Kentucky do, bluegrass. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll switch to natural fescue. We'll start mowing down some fescue here in yes. October, November, and then when we get to December, we'll do the Kentucky blue. That's it's we'll do, it's a mean, cool I season know, grass. Who's the horticulturist here who's doing the country? Yeah, they need Kentucky blue. Right? No, what, no wonder they're going to move to Arlington. The guy that wants to grow fruit in your backyard. Hey, I'm gonna do, hey that's different. A different situation. I'm not, <laughs> NFL players have to play in... Uh, and my fruit trees that may grow one day, but let's. But who is putting so, Bermuda grass in the Midwest? Sorry, it's yes. No, it's, really, it's, really, it's really dumb. It's really dumb. Would, would you feel better as a Packer fan 
if you lost the way the AFC representative in the Super Bowl last year did in the Bengals, losing 20-23 to in overtime with a bajillion missed kicks and a bunch of opportunities missed in that one. Oh, man. Would would you feel better about that? Because that loss is still, it it factors in the exact same as the Green Bay Packers. A loss is a loss. I would feel better, though, yes, because it was a bunch of turnovers. You've got the fumble. You had four, I believe, interceptions from Burrow. Like, they played bad. Like, the Packers, I once necessarily played, like, bad. They didn't have plays. You like, don't think, Cincinnati. Wait a second. Wait a second. You just said the Bengals played bad. You like, don't think the Packers played bad yesterday? I, I don't think they shot themselves in the foot a whole lot. How many turnovers did the Packers have? Just the well, two. the two, the fumble yeah, and the two. pick, yeah. yeah was, was, like, the I mean, pick was a punt. I mean, the pick, really. that's my point. We, like, heard you know Aaron Rogers, we heard Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the show say that they missed opportunities. Nothing away from their defense. Right. He said not to take Yeah, but they didn't the get the ball away as as much as as um, Cincinnati did. When you look at it, I watched the Cincinnati game. When you when you were watching that game, I mean, I think they you, ended up with a total of five turnovers. Yes, no, maybe turnover, more than that. Yes, turnovers were their mistakes yesterday. The Green Bay Packers had mistakes in other areas. You mean to tell me the Green Bay Packers made less they had mistakes a pick in set. their they had, a, they, they had a touchdown return for a touchdown, John. I get that. But like, hold on a second. I, I just, I'm yeah. trying to hear you clearly. You think the Packers made less mistakes in yesterday's game than the Bengals did against the Steelers? Absolutely. All right. All right. Absolutely. That's, that's an interesting one for me. Uh, the, yeah, then you had some things, you know, to be as expected. The Ravens took care of the Jets, the Commanders. Uh, how about Carson Wentz? Four touchdowns there in Washington. Which people didn't expect, I mean, or didn't know what to expect from him. But you got to remember, he has been a productive quarterback in this league at times. He's not an abject failure at the position. So he's going to have good games. So it was. It, that was an interesting one as well. There were so many interesting games yesterday. The only one that I thought was, I was surprised at how easily the Buccaneers just handled the Cowboys yesterday. I, I was I, I was surprised at how easily they handled them. I, I thought week one, Tom Brady having that, that makeshift offensive line that they had, I thought they'd struggle a little bit more. That Now, they weren't great in the red zone. We saw that, but he uh, did enough, did enough to have a convincing win in that one. Chargers. Beat the Raiders, so Devontae Adams, he got his 17 targets, his 140 yards, and his touchdown, but the Raiders finished with an L in that one. The Chargers and the Chiefs are going to be some teams to have to face here in the AFC as it looks like or as it looked yesterday. But with all the crazy results in the National Football League, we got to recap what we do here at the top of our number three on 9 to Noon Time Football Season. You sound really distraught today, Armin, in your singing. You better, you better. Well, I mean, it's just not the same after a loss. Um, it is, a little, you guys it is a little bit of a Debbie Downer today. I thought we've kept the spirits high. We have. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's just I that. Mean, other than Butchie attacking the Packers fans for being upset about a loss. <laughs> no, no they're, too, they're, they're in their feelings too much. Like, it's week one, and you, and you weren't a realist if you thought they were going to win. You were a homer, and you can be a homer, but I like being real. Hold on, that, Butch. Can I just say one thing? Do go you, ahead. All right, just hold on. It's the difference between being a homer and in your feelings, and because there's two different things. It's one thing to be a homer and think everything's good. It's another thing to care. It doesn't mean you're going to be, even if you thought they could lose, you're still going to be unhappy about it, and we care. So 
but obviously we're not happy about it, and it's going to hurt. You know, you didn't have your lineman. You knew the offense was going to be bad. Like, I mean, and that's the way we process it. But it's still unfair. I didn't right? know you the offense was going to be bad. I didn't know the offense was going to be bad. John, I had more hope in this. No. No, don't you dare. Don't you dare I say, am doing oh, it because you said Friday. Go back and pull the audio from Friday. Offense will be slow. I did say offense would be slow. I didn't expect Christian Watson to drop a wide-open pass, Butch, for a touchdown. Okay, so then they score 14 I, points. I, I it's still I slow. I didn't expect the Packers to get stuffed on the one-yard line I, with their 250-pound running back. I didn't expect two it. offensive linemen out? They can still no, make I the drives, Butch. I didn't ex- they ran for oh. six yards a carry, Butch. I understand that, but still, yes, in that time, yes. I looked at that and said, absolutely. There's a, there's an explanation for this. Yes, I expect. Okay. Explanation, maybe, maybe but you're maybe still not then, happy. I, I mean... Maybe I'm the only realist on this on this on this show that like actually can like I'm not a Packer homer. I saw this. I thought I saw it coming a mile away. I'm not jumping off like, bridges, geez. Butch. But it's, I'm not what do you want me to do? The Packers are still gonna go eleven and whatever, twelve and whatever. Like they're still gonna win. They're a good football team still. And offense is gonna take time. Defense, they gotta figure it out. Just a tad. You can't let Jefferson run all over the place. But it's not as bad as everyone wants to make it out to be. Not everyone's saying it's bad. Uh, where they're gonna? Did you listen what, to Packers OT? The, what was the poll? Yes, I did. I was oh, here. Dale, how did everyone feel? Okay, there was emotion, but what was the poll? <laughs> what was the, but what was the poll now, John? You most fans still think they're gonna be in the playoffs. Yes, yes. Here's eighty or ninety percent of fans, but this is what football fans do. This is why it's the greatest sport in America. Because you live and die every single Sunday because you know your next week is going to be a long grind to get back to that Sunday after a loss. And when you win, you get to rub it in all week long. Yeah, we're great. We're the best. We're number one. We're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're having fun. I see you, Bob and Armin. That's what it is. Let's go. That's what it is. That's what we do. And when we lose one, especially the way we lost it yesterday to a division rival, we get hurt. We get pissed. And we need to let it out. We need to bet. That's what it was. I'm glad hey, you. I'm glad you brought Paco T though, really quick, because if you didn't listen, you got. To, that's the most electric show going on in America right now. Packers OT <laughs> is this. You're mixing three real serious vices in here for people, right? You, you, you got football, that'll hit you right in the heartstrings. You got a little bit of a, a little bit of that fun juice, a little bit of that fun juice that happens on Sunday, fun day, right? And then you have. A, a text line. You have a text line. And when people have fun juice and when people are watching football, they like to hit the keyboard on their phone an awful heck of a lot. And they, hey, that's the way people that's the way people get through their feelings a little bit. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. But it's time now All for right. us to give another opportunity for a listener to take a shot at eating with the guys at Milwaukee's premier steakhouse for over a decade. That's carnivore. Featuring its extensive wine menu of over 3,000 different wines, domestic and Japanese Wagyu steak cuts, and a fine spirits list unlike any other, where the classic steakhouse meets the modern experience at Carnivore. And as we recap the players from last week, we don't even need to go into Monday night's doubleheader here tonight. We got Dan in West Bend. He got one. Deviation Don. He got one. Uh, Andy in Brookfield. He got two. And Josh in Fredonia. He got two, and Travis in New Berlin got three. So he's the only one who put up a score that's really worth talking about, Travis in New Berlin. But I got three, and Butchie's got three, and Butchie's got even a game to play here tonight. So uh, none, of the, none of the callers from last week are in. They'll have another opportunity to play next month. Uh, but we open up the phone lines here today for a new caller to try and play. And today we have Alex in Cambria. So, Alex, you're on 9 to noon. How you doing, my friend? 
Good, good. Don't worry about the Packers. They got everything they need. They'll be just fine. There you go, Butch. See? There you go. That's my point. Thank you. Hey, you know Alex. Hey, uh, Alex, have you played you you better you bet before? No, I haven't. Okay, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to pick five games, five teams against the spread, and uh, if you can beat the the total that Brian Butch and I will pick on Friday, you pick today's spread, so your spreads will be a little different than ours, but you pick today's spreads for week two's games, that's that's next week's games, and uh, and if you beat us, you'll be thrown into the mix for being able to, to play it out in the playoffs against other people that beat us, and whoever wins that will take two winners to Carnivore for that great, uh, incredible dinner. So let's start with your first pick. Who do you have in a week two matchup and why? Uh, the Chargers and Chiefs, but the, I, I want the Chiefs to, they'll do it because uh, Mahomes is just, uh, he's on fire, at least starting right now. So, and, and I think that at least they'll win that by 10 points. All right, so the Chiefs are going to be playing at home against the Chargers. Two teams that looked good in week one of the regular season will face off already in that AFC West. Chiefs at home, minus three and a half in that one is what you're picking, and you think they're going to win by 10. That's going to be a great game here. On th- we only have to wait until Thursday for that one. We're going to have games tonight. We're going to have games on Thursday. It's going to be an awesome week of football here. What's your second pick? Uh, the Buccaneers. Uh, beating the Saints by um, seven. All right, now the Buccaneers are minus three traveling to New Orleans. Do you know what Tom Brady's record is against the Saints in the regular season as a Buccaneer? Um, no, I don't. He's zero not good. He's zero and four in the regular season against the New Orleans Saints. So he's he did due. win. He did win one time in the playoffs. He's due. He's due. It's, it's that old theory. Is he due? Or is he doomed? We're not really sure in this one, but you got the Buccaneers minus three traveling to the Superdome. All right, what's your next pick? Um, the Packers over the Bears and by uh, three points. All right, well, you're going to lose that one because the Packers are favored by So do you want to take the Bears? Yeah, ten and a half the Bears are favored by. So if you, if you think the Packers are going to win by three, you want to jump on the Bears. No. I'm sticking with okay. the Packers. All okay. right, Packers, Packers minus 10 points. Packers coming back in this one, baby. The Packers are coming back. They could, I agree. Yeah. Sunday night against the Bears, minus 10 points at home at Lambeau. They, uh, Vegas thinks the nine-point win by the Bears at home is less impressive than the Packers' 16-point loss in Minnesota but, on that one. Don't right, you think your... people will put money on the Bears, though, at reactionary after week that's one? That's what they're going to try. I to think there's, that'll... There's going to be a lot. Yeah, and, and at plus ten, it's not an awful pick. No, it's not an awful pick. A lot if you of remember, wood. if you remember last last year, the Packers came out week two, and what did they do? I'm blanking. I'm, they, they had a bad first half. Bad first half. Yes. They had a bad yeah. first half in week two. Just keep that in mind. They came back in the second half, won that football game, but they had a bad first half also in week two of last year. So ten points. That's a whole lot of wood, Armin. That's a whole lot of wood all over the place. That is which, a whole lot of wood. Gotta get right. that drop ready. Alex, what's your what's your next pick? Uh, the Bills over the Titans by three. All right, you're going to a Monday night, Matt. We got a doubleheader on Monday next week also? There's not one tonight. It's just one yep. game. Oh, it's just one game Just tonight? one game today. It's and just next week is doubleheader. Why did they do that? And then the doubleheader is next I, I, week? I don't know. That's a great question. I was wondering that. Who knows? I love wow. that pick, though, Bills. I love that pick. Bills minus 10 at home against Tennessee. Wow. Okay. That's a lot that, of wood. How about, yeah. He's, he's, he's going with a whole lot of wood out there. All right, Alex, what's your last pick? 
And I despise the Vikings, but they're going to win against the Eagles uh, by 14. All right. Well, you're getting two in that one. You so that's, a, that. good, that's yeah. a good sign for you. Um, the Vikings traveling to Philadelphia on the other Monday night game. So we're going to have to wait until Monday night or uh, Tuesday to, to recap your scores in that one. But I got you. Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, Bills, Vikings. What's your lock for a chance to get two points? We'll just go with the Packers. All right. There you go. Alex in Cambria makes his picks. Chiefs, Bucks, guaranteed the Packers, Bills, Vikings, whole lot of wood. He's carrying, I mean, he's carrying sticks, and he's he's got a whole lumber yard there. Army. He's, he's, a, he's driving a logging truck. <laughs> but we appreciate it, Alex. Alex is in for week two. We didn't get any winners in week one. Um, biggest surprise from week one overall in the National Football League, boys? The New York football Giants. Going into Tennessee and winning, going for two after they scored a tie or what? You know, give them a chance for a field goal. They go for two to win it. Culture wise, I thought that was to me. I thought that was the biggest upset. Detroit didn't win. They've done what Detroit has done now for a year. I don't know if there's anything else there. Uh, Pittsburgh was right up there too. When you look at how they played, uh, to me that was was some of the big ones that that jumped out. I didn't think Kansas City was going to roll Arizona the way they rolled Arizona, but they rolled them. Yeah, you kind of took mine there, Butch. Well, how about the Falcons real quick? Uh, playing well. Not winning, but they had a chance to knock off the Saints last second field goal, so that was a big one. Uh, big that surprise one was me. a little surprising. How about the Seattle Seahawks being in the lead of the NFC West before tonight's game without <laughs> even playing? <laughs> how about that division? You know you're tanking, you know you're tanking win. That you put division, that on Twitter. That division right there is that, that was one of the best divisions in all of football last year. Three teams still, that made yeah. the playoffs, and all three teams lose. That made the playoffs from last year. All three teams lose week one. Yes, we get it. The 49ers uh, are starting a different quarterback. Yes, we get it. The Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins, and they took on the Chiefs. And yes, we get it. The Rams had to face the Bills in week one and ran into a juggernaut there. But the Seahawks, and then their official Twitter account, uh, just tweeting out an oh, hey, on top of the NFC West with a 0-0-0 record. I mean, if that isn't sports karma at its finest right there, just waiting for a debacle here tonight, any chance they can even sniff a win against the Denver Broncos? No. We said this on Friday. I'm going to repeat it. Any game that Seattle's playing against, I will take the other team gambling-wise. Like, I'm on it. Let's do it. Like full whatever money you line, want, like you do whatever. It. Even if it's one like, of those, like pay three hundred thousand and win a hundred bucks. Yes, bet. like yeah. I have, like I just, uh, you know, maybe tonight will surprise, but I don't think so. I would say that, except the problem is, I told you guys all summer how the Baker Mayfield would win this game against the Browns, and he didn't do it. <laughs> Remember, I said it all no, summer. I, know. I, t- I, said, I took him in Friday. What we did. I'm glad like, I'm going to Vegas next week because I would have bet that game if I was there, and I'm not there yet, but I'm gonna. So I would have been wrong on that one. So I don't want to say never on that because it could happen, but I really do think Denver's going to win this tonight, obviously. A fire completely melted down a whole section of a parking lot at an NFL game this weekend. Amateur hour. What would you do if you walked out of the stadium and your whole row of cars was burnt to the ground? We'll get into the mess of what happened down in Miami when we come back. Hour number three, nine minutes. Wherever you get your podcasts. 97.3 The Game.
One name is synonymous with fantastic frozen pizza. That's Palermo's made right here in Wisconsin for almost 60 years from their new and improved flavors. Rising crust pizzas to their guilt-free primo thin pies. Palermo's has a delicious slice for every appetite. Find them in your grocer's frozen food aisle. Palermo's flavor is our family's business. Drop it like it's hot. There was a lot of really funny things, little memes, stories, headlines to go around the whole weekend, really. The NFL and college football weekend. But one really stuck out to me. Dolphins tailgater accidentally leaves grill on during game. Fire completely destroys eight cars. <laughs> this, this happened down at the Dolphins uh, stadium there in Miami against the New England Patriots in a twenty-seven a twenty to seven victory, and a Miami fan forgot to turn. They said that he did not completely turn off his grill before heading into the game. A fire started beside his grill because it was only a hundred degrees right. in Miami yesterday with Rookies. a grill on fire. I mean, you could have set the burgers on the grill and and left the lid open and let the sun cook those things, but. Uh, but he did that, and it burnt eight cars to a crisp. And the ones nearby that aren't a crisp don't look too good uh, there as well. Other cars are sprayed with the uh, with the stuff that uh, with some water and well, what's the stuff that comes out of the extinguisher? It's some sort of foam, isn't it? I don't yes, know. there's foam. I don't. On the I cars. don't know the science of it. I know it's a grass. It's a mess. I know grass. I don't know that. <laughs> I mean this this is an absolute debacle. Come, could you imagine walking out of a game and you're like, oh, well, we got ourselves a two-hour ride back to Milwaukee here from Lambeau, and that's if traffic isn't there. Oh, wait, dude, where's my car? My car is gone because <laughs> it's burnt to a crisp. That thing is terrible. Yeah. that uh, It's not, you know, amateur versus you, professional tailgaters, <laughs> right, Butch? Yeah, but this is what I love. <laughs> Alcohol does some crazy things to people, and you see it every Saturday and Sunday, and that's what I love about it when you do a radio show on Monday because you see this happening. You see the, the dude walk out on the LSU field crazy. Oh, gosh. You see, like, and I say alcohol, but, I mean, like, there's just craziness all over the place, all over. Yeah, the kid that stumbled out onto the field there uh, in the LSU home game, just starts walking out. He's about to the ten yard line. Walks right onto the field. Walks right out there to about the ten yard line. Starts looking around. Puts his hands on his hips. Has a chance to really embrace and, and enjoy the moment. You he talk did. about you talk about some <laughs> players. You talk about some players that play in the Super Bowl and they just like to sit and soak it all in. This man walked on, and I say man, he looked like a twenty year old kid. Walks onto the field, makes it out to the ten yard line. Starts looking in the stands like, damn, this is cool. All these fans out here cheering for me. This is amazing sight to see. And you look in the background and you see some LSU players looking around and they can't believe what they're seeing, just some kid strangely looking around the field. And then he turns around and you get a picture of his eyeballs and you realize that kid's not all there. That kid's <laughs> in a different type of space right now. Didn't understand why the cops were coming to get him, why they wanted to have a just a little talk there midway through the second quarter of the LSU football game. Where were his buddies at? How about your parents? Right. How about his parents? Could you imagine a mom? She has Twitter, and she's an LSU fan, too, obviously, because her son goes to LSU, and she just happens to be scrolling through Twitter, and she sees her son <laughs> completely blacked out on a football field during the game. During the game. During the play. 
the play's Here, going on. Here's the thing. You've got to imagine that this at some point has happened to one of our listeners because there's been enough drunk kids at Camp Randall or wherever else that might be when as a parent that they probably go to the game and said, that's my kid. Like, he, that, that is not good. Matter of fact, that was my dad once. We came down for a game as a basketball team. We got introduced, and we were blitzed beyond belief. And my dad goes, dude. Sends me a text. He goes, dude, what are you doing? You can't be like that on the field. So, And I behaved myself. So imagine what this parent felt. Like, that's the crazy thing about it. Wait, Bush, you were blitzed? On where? On the when f- I was 21, of course. On the field? On Camp Rally, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> always got introduced. Every team gets introduced at, you know, at oh, one boy, point. Butch, that's, and, oh, yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. I'm, being, I'm being introduced. That's funny. We didn't have anyone have that, but we did have a texter say, Package Pizza, his ex-girlfriend, uh, had this thing happen to him. He's talking about the, ex- the fire parking lot fire. He said, uh, ex-girlfriend had this very thing happen at Brewers game about 20 years ago. Moron next to us thought his coals were cool enough to slide up next to his car. Torched six or seven cars. Hers was not bad. Melted the bumper headlight and fender. Boy, that's terrible. That is, uh, that's pretty bad. Walking out of a game, especially a loss. And you see that, so... Yeah, the coals the coals are a scarier proposition. Yeah, it's very. You, yes. You'd think that somebody would be able to turn the gas the hoy off, but the coals are that's something you got to pour the beer on or the water on or something just to get them to go completely out before you walk into the game. Um, I'm sure there's other people that have done some crazy things here on a talk and text line, some other crazy things that they've seen happen at games. But we get it all the time with the Packers after the Packers yeah. game. What's always is rooting that police blotter. Yes. That's yes. the thing. I had I had a friend walk out of a Packers game before, and he went to go get in his car and drive home, and there was a man sleeping in the back seat of his car and threw up all over oh my the back gosh. seat of his car, already vomited all through the back oh. seat of that car, all over the all over, and he and his wife couldn't drive home. They had to just uh, call somebody to, hey, can can you come get this guy? He needs a ride, but we can't take him because our car absolutely reeks right now. Good. I hate myself at the Packer game. It was a preseason game. I brought one of my buddies with me and my sister. He, you know, he's like, "Hey, can I grab a ride up there?" I'm like, "Cool, that's fine. Like, I'll I'll be your DD. I'm not, you know, I'm gonna go watch the game with me and my sister. Then we'll meet back in the car, come back." My man vomits all over the back of the car and freed it. I'm like, "What are you doing, <laughs> oh, dude? It God. was a preseason game. How in the world are you gonna get that hammered? Well, and then you're gonna throw up in my car, dude? Pre- what is wrong with you? Yeah, pre- preseason is 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 a little. And bit... you know who you are out there because you listen to the show. Pre- oh, I bet I could guess. You know who you are. <laughs> you know, it, preseason's a little bit more understandable than regular season. You can't. I can, you pay forty dollars a ticket for the preseason, so you go and overindulge the weather. Right. Right. incredible the yeah. tailgates are great and you just go have a good time with friends that's more of a party where there just happens to be a football game the regular season games i never get it why do you want to spend that much money to not remember a damn thing from the game and i agree. wake up the next morning and try and decide what did, did i even go to the packers game yesterday what what in the world was that unnamed in the 262 says i like guys calling in for you better you bet and making up their own lines yeah let, let's, <laughs> let's make sure Let's make sure that doesn't happen anymore. Now, I know we have a lot of new listeners being the flagship for the Green Bay Packers, and I love that. I'm very appreciative of all our new listeners. And I know we got some people uh, you know, from, from around the way because of other things and, and uh, mishaps that have happened or, or whatnot. But, Alex, when you call in next time, unless you make it through with these outrageous lines that, that you got to pick, 
when you call in next time, just have your picks ready and just know what the lines are. That's all we got to do. It's, it's very simple. So when you call in for You Better You Bet, everybody else going forward, just make sure you have your picks ready and, and you know what the actual lines are. It's kind of kind of important when you play that game. Hey, right, maybe uh, he runs his own book. You don't know. <laughs> maybe he's got his own lines. I want that. Then if he's running, I'll jump on with him. Give me the, give me the number if he's got the Packers minus three. Unnamed in the 920. Is there any objectivity on this station? All I hear are excuses from all of you. Armin says they Don't only lost by that. 16. Any 16 point spread in the NFL would typically indicate a huge underdog. Wait, they lost said... by 16. You can't find anything negative. Great analysis, guys. Here's a negative they scored seven points. I'm not crying, I'm just being objective. Who said yeah. there was no Butch and I were arguing about it? It wasn't a great Green Bay Packer game yesterday. In fact, it stunk. It was bad. And this one's doubly worse from last year because it's within the division. I just don't think, even though the impact is more severe, I don't think the game looked as bad as last year's Week 1. And I simply think they bounced back from Week 1 last year when I thought it was far worse to go down and get your tail kicked in a place that was a neutral field with the majority of the fans being your own when you had a wide receiver one, a top two, not two. They don't have that right now, and they didn't have two of their starting offensive linemen, and they didn't even have a wide receiver number two in Alan Lazard, who also missed the ballgame. A lot of room for growth for this Green Bay Packer team. Not a good game yesterday, but a lot of room for growth, and that starts Sunday night against the Chicago Bears. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up. When we come back, give the quick trip take of the day from the talking text sign, talk with Mike Heller a little bit, and ask him, what in the hell happened in Madison on Saturday? We do all that when we come back. And stop 97.3 The Game. From the PellaWI.com talking text line, Travis in the 262, why was 12 trying to throw a block on Zedarius? Put two and two together there, Travis. I told you about pregame. Told you about no handshake. We heard Rogers' comments after the game. Got nothing to say about Zedarius. We heard Rogers' comments from last week about Zedarius. I don't really have any comments. comment on Zedarius. Yeah, we heard Rogers' comments last week when asked about Zedarius' comments. I'm going to leave that to Matt LaFleur. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That's all I'm going to say about that one. It looked like he was trying to get a block. The only problem is... Aaron Rodgers is half the size of Zedarius Smith. Yeah, that's and he had already taken... Messing with him, he's got beef or not. Like, he stay had away, already, man. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes, you know, you, you get a little ornery and, and you feel like you can do something that you shouldn't be doing. He should have seen the offensive line in front of him and realized, I'm going to get hit anyways today. I'm going to just avoid yeah. this one. That was the point. That was the point. He took enough hits yesterday. He didn't need to influence. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't really have any hit. comment on Zedarius. Yeah, but you know what? That's him. leadership. There you I go. agree. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> I actually, yeah. I actually yeah. agree with you. I, I do I agree. You do. Yeah. I like that he did it. I like that he did it. I didn't like that he got up and gave him a smile, though. But you know what? Aaron, better sport than Zedaria Smith. We can say that. All right, time for the take of the day. Brought to you by Quick Trip. Baguette, something for dinner baguette, tonight. Don't cook. Chicken. Sorry, she jumped the gun. All, I blame hey, her. You got all that. Don't cook. Stop by your local Quick Trip and pick up one of those freshly prepared, absolutely delicious take-home meals that you just heard. So, Armin, what's your take of the day? Well, it's a lot of great text today. As we know, the text line was popping all day. Um, but I do like Aaron in Milwaukee, who wants to stick up for us a little bit. And he said, if you're going to call out the show, put a name on your text, unnamed. 
I think we was referring to the guy that said I, wa- I wasn't being objective because I said they, they only lost by two possessions, which they did. 16, 8 times 2 is 16. Don't get sensitive. So, Don't get sensitive. Now you're getting sensitive. And then, and then he said I, I shouldn't take vacation. Hey. Just relax, all right. I, I, I'm, I'm take my married Armin sure does use his vacation days now. I'm, I, you're right. I'm being too sensitive. I'm surprised you didn't pick the take from Delk that says all I know is Jordan Love looked really good at the end there. You know what? That was a good text too. There's just so many to pick from here. I wish I could make a book <laughs> and and publish it of all the text today. Let's wrap up the uh, nine to noon poll here from, uh, you know, our our morning Monday. After Sunday's loss to the Vikings, wherever the Packers be in January. On a beach somewhere, losing in the playoffs or on track for a Super Bowl. 48% say losing in the playoffs. Another 40% say on track for a Super Bowl. Over 600 votes. So the Nooners participated phenomenally today. If you didn't, you can find us at 9, the number 2 noon, and vote yourself. Uh, Heller, we're joined now with Mike Heller from the Mike Heller Show. And I just got to ask you, Mike, what in the world happened on Saturday in Madison? Well, I, I don't know, John, for, for two reasons. One, uh, the offensive line had way too many penalties. They're just making a day now. Hands to the face, holding, chop block, block in the back, uh, false starts. They had four 10-plus play drives and scored zero points out of it. Uh, kicker missed two bad kicks. Too bad. Uh, they held on downs and fumbled they got it not from behind but the other reason i don't know john is i don't know how good washington state is right this is a six and three team a year ago in the pac-12 with a young very aggressive and very popular coach i don't know how good they are so i don't know what to say the game was wisconsin outplayed washington state should have won but should have are on the scoreboard uh, you don't win except for what's put up there, Mike. Yeah, it, w- it was it was an ugly game to say the least. And I think you know when you look at the Wisconsin, I think a lot of disappointment. That was college football in general, and I think that to me is is why college football is awesome on Saturdays. Now you you lose it a lot on Mondays because you got the NFL, but there was a lot of upsets. Wisconsin was was one of them. I think they're going to win by running the ball. That offensive line needs to be better. It's that simple when you look at that. Like I know you're going to break down the package, but there is some big news um, when you look at Chris Burns and uh, yeah Barnes, excuse me, for the Packers. Tom Pelissari said that it's right now a high uh, right leg is believed to be suffered a high ankle sprain and calf injury. He'll miss some time, but the initial hope is he could be back in a few weeks. So that's good news for the Packers as far as that injury front goes. You got to avoid injuries. You got to keep people healthy. That stuff's all really important um, when you look at this Packers. And again, they're going to be getting guys back for the Packers, and I think that's really important when you look at this Week One. Yeah, I, it, listen, I I have a Twitter poll question working off of yours um, that wondering what the Packers' record will be when they board the plane to go to London. Mm-hmm. You know, is that's a game at home against Chicago. It's a game at Tampa. It's a game at home against New England. Um, that you know, right now people think two and two. Sixty-five percent think two and two. I think they believe they're going to lose at Tampa. I'm not a believer necessarily in that. Uh, I think there's uh, two and two or three and one is the answer, but I don't know which yeah. one it will be. Yep, and uh, and I said I maintained going into week one that the Packers would be three and one after their first quarter of the season. I thought the loss would come in Tampa, but I've also said on this show that I believe this is the year the Packers get over the Tom Brady 
hex and they get over that hump. And I still think there's a good chance that that could happen. Obviously, a big uh, thing that, that impacts that is the availability of David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins going down there to Tampa. That, that Tampa Bay defense looked really good last night against the Cowboys. Ooh, I don't know if you want to see that defense with the offensive line that you had to start yesterday against the Minnesota Vikings, Heller. Yeah, it, no, that's going to have to get better. Did did I hear you say earlier today that you thought that both Bakhtiari and Jenkins would would be good to go Sunday? I think they will. They yeah. they took play they they were questionable going into the game. They were on a limited basis at practice last week, but for all intents and purposes, they made it through the practices and they made it through them well. So I think a lot of what happened yesterday was Matt LaFleur and the training staff and the Green Bay Packers trying to protect their two linemen, that they know how important they are to the, to the um, total success of the season here. They know exactly what they have in them. They didn't want to put their first game out there on that turf. They'll have a couple grass games now, a couple grass games that they'll be able to get their feet underneath them, so to speak, before they head out there to London. I would, I, I feel not, not, not 100% confident, and this is no insider knowledge, but I feel much better about the chances that we see both David yeah. Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins here going into week two. We've seen that throughout the NFL, too. I mean, there was a lot of people that kind of shaded on the, hey, we, we, it's a long year, let's keep these guys safe. Yeah, and if I if I take you back to Saturday too with with Wisconsin, I, people, Packers fans, even though the ones on the OT last night were were having their way, um, Packers fans I think are a little bit more patient. Badgers fans are doomsayers uh, when they lose a game in the non conference that you didn't think they were supposed to lose. Then they want a coach fired. The, the program's in disarray. When are they going to make a change? This is embarrassing. Uh, all of that because one game in college carries so much more weight than one game in the NFL. John, you've got it right talking about what this team will be when you get to January. When they mm-hmm. talk about a college program, if you lose a game in September, uh, the, the sky is falling. The, it, it is over. Your season is done. And, was, uh, you know, Josh was, was guilty of that. He t- tweeted this weekend on that. The Wisconsin Badgers have one chance to, to make up for their loss this weekend against. The, the Cougars. They have one chance. They got to beat Ohio State That's in two silly. weeks. That's, That's the only chance. That's no, the no, only no. chance you're, they have. No, what you're, what uh, you're yes. doing is being silly. <laughs> Honestly, I, I love all of your opinions because it's ridiculous to think that Wisconsin season only gets salvaged by a win in Columbus in two weeks. Thank John, what happens, if, what happens if they go 8-1 and one in the Big Ten, but their loss is in Columbus, but then they got two losses on the season? How will how will you view it? You said they got one chance to salvage for somebody as smart as you are. I'm sorry, That's two a chances. Thing to say. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, two chances. If they lose their first chance, which is in Columbus, then they'll have a Big Ten championship game if they can make it there. Heller, that loss to Washington State, even though it was only by three points with it being at home, that loss was worse than what the Packers faced yesterday. That's why the fans are upset. Well, but that's that's that view of Saturday. Is rotten. Who, who who do you know? Who who do we know that Washington State is? What if we Washington don't. State wins the Pac-12? You don't, yes. right? So we I mean, Washington State ends up being a really good team this year. Then we're going to look at that and go, oh yeah, that was that was the terrible loss. 
Like, I still I don't, don't think they it. win the Pac-12 because USC is really good. But the but Badgers had 38 minutes time of possession. They had 38 minutes time of possession in this ballgame. Correct. And they have a turnover. Like the way they that? lost, I mean, that's I think partly is the way they lost, right? Fumbled again, and... again, listen, yeah. I know Graham Mertz is better now than what he was his freshman year. I still just think they put they give him too much. Braylon Allen had 21 carries. He should have had 30. But the offensive line Wisconsin was the problem. And, and, and again, but, but, here, here, the, here yes. you are, John, for somebody. Listen, I'm not trying to pick a fight with you, but that's the second dumb thing you've said in the crossover. Braylon Allen is 18, barely 18, and you want him to carry like he's, like he's 24 years old. You want him to touch the ball 35 times. Again, that's crazy. What are you doing? I did it when I was 18, Heller. That's all I'm going to say. I okay, did it when I was 18. That's, you think that's the fair comparison? Hey, you're, you're, you're asking me what I think out there. And I'm telling you, Braylon Allen should be ran like Ron Dane was because he's Holy that damn good. Cow. Ron he Dane wasn't be, run that way at an 18-year-old And, and, could, and Chez, Malusi, could, Chez Malusi didn't do okay Saturday? No, he did fine. Two point nine yards per carry. Braylon Allen four point seven, and Braylon Allen's biggest runs were called back because of holding. This is a way that the recipe for the Wisconsin Badgers is simple, and it's always been this way: defense and running the football. Run, run, run. And when Braylon that offensive line was so good, right? When Braylon Allen gets going, when Braylon Allen gets going, you just keep riding him. You let him go. It's hey, everybody has a different take on that one. But I think the Badgers yesterday, with that loss to the Washington State, or Saturday, with that loss to the Washington State Cougars, they did. They put one nail in the coffin. It probably takes two to seal it up in college football. They put one in. They'll have a so chance. So you're talking about the college football playoff. That's all you're yes, talking about. And that's if all we're I'm looking at about. it, if we that's look at about. it in that variety, it's crazy. Simply crazy. Okay, yeah, okay, I understand regular season Big Ten co-champions is a big, big deal, and, and, and that can be a successful season. But we're here to go to the playoffs. We're here to win championships, and that's what we want to see. And in that aspect, the Badgers hurt themselves. That's all I'm saying on that one. It, it's going to take a lot for them to get back in the mix here, Howard. Do you disagree with that? I just don't believe that when you start the season and you're not Ohio State, that the playoff is, I think it's the goal, but when you're trying to evaluate a program, if you're going to evaluate Wisconsin on their ability to go to the playoff, I think you're flawed. It's a flawed concept to start a season with. There are four teams in the playoff. When we get to 12, now we got a conversation. But that loss wouldn't have killed them on a 12. Wisconsin could always be Nebraska, guys. Like that's, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, yeah, but I don't like that view either. But no, no, but they always could be. That's the thing that, that, but that's the thing that like Nebraska was the the name for so long, Mike. And now all of a sudden there's been searching and they've been searching for a long, long time. Well, Heller will give you all your Badgers fix and tell you not to worry there. I hope we told you enough not to worry with the Green Bay Packers because it's just one game, right, Butchie? Yes, we know that. Uh, He's up next, followed by. Drew and KB, if you missed any part of this episode, you can re-listen on the iHeart app. We'll be back same time tomorrow. Thanks for listening. 9 to noon.